Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. I am your host, Miles Dawson, and today we're back with some exciting news on the world of 5G. Uh, so to help me out on this, I'm very happy to welcome back to the podcast, I believe for the fourth time now, so. John Delaney. Hello. Hi, Miles. Good to be back. Fantastic. So you and I have been speaking about 5G for quite a while now. It's been about 18 months since we did our first podcast on it. At the very beginning, you were kind of explaining the basics of where, where it is, where it's coming from, and uh, and the kind of state and when it was going to be here. And now I can actually go to the high street and buy myself a 5G handset and get on the 5G network. So my question to you is, should I do that? Should I go and buy one and get on the network now? Well, you're right. It's all happened pretty quickly. Uh, it seems like only yesterday we were talking about 5G as something in the dim and distant future. And, uh, yeah, here it is. It did not only EE, but today Vodafone's launched its uh, its network in the UK. So yeah, you can go into the shop and you can buy a 5G phone and connect it to a 5G network. Whether you should, a number of things to think about. First of all is... is is it where you live? So mm. people still mostly tend to use their, their mobile phone where they live. And uh, of course, it's very early days. I think EE's covering six cities, Vodafone, a few more than that. Um, but it, it, So if you're in the centre of London, then you'll get a 5G signal. But um, there is most of the country at the moment, of course, you won't. So that's the first thing to think about. Mm. Um, then there's, do you need it? Well, at the moment, you know, 5G, mostly what it does is gives you a much faster data connection. There are other things in the pipeline, but, but right now that's pretty much what it's all about. So, you know, think about what you, what you do with your smartphone and, and whether those things would really benefit from being much faster. Mm. Uh, if you do a lot of video upload, for example, that might be something you want to consider. Or you know, if you're interested in exotic things like uh, VR gaming, that, that type of uh, demanding mm. application that needs mm. a, a, a lot of data shifted from, from A to B, then it might be something you're interested in. And the other thing to think about is, is whether you're um, prepared to pay a lot for it, because right now it's pretty expensive. But like mm. all new technologies uh, in the early days, that's what happens. Price will come down quite quickly. Indeed, and this is one of the interesting things about 4G is you remember when 4G came about and it was new and exciting and extremely expensive and it didn't take very long for the prices to come back down about that. And now they're kind of as 3G were, maybe a little bit more expensive. but you know. Yeah, and that might happen more quickly actually this mm. time with 5G because in the UK, um, 5G is a competitive market from the outset. Yeah. I don't know if you remember with 4G, EE came to market um, towards the end of 2012 mm. and pretty much had it to itself for about a year because of complicated issues with the spectrum regulation. Mm. So there was a year in which the only operator you could get 4G from was, was EE. Mm. But with 5G, that isn't the case. We already have two operators in the UK mm. uh, you know, that are offering 5G commercially. Uh, and by the end of the year, we'll have the other two on board too. So yeah, that competitive pressure is likely to to uh, make the pricing a bit more competitive than it was last time around. Brilliant. So let's say I'm happy with that. I'm happy with the coverage. I like the idea of having a faster connection. And as you say, I'm willing to pony up the extra cash for it. So if I go for 5G, uh, is that delivering on all those promises? Am, am I going to get what I'm paying for? Well, it depends on whose promises you've been listening <laughs> to, Miles. Indeed. Uh, but the, the, the operators have mostly tried to be fairly conservative mm -hmm. about what uh, what the early 5G services will offer. And, and that is, as I said, faster connection. And it is delivering a much faster connection. Now you have to bear in mind, of course, that there are not many people connected to the networks at the moment, so they're not overloaded. Mm -hmm. uh, but in speed tests, uh, which are being carried out by uh, early 5G users, we're typically seeing four to five times the data rate mm. 
in in a 5G connection than you would get in in a typical 4G connection. So to that extent, yeah, it's it's delivering, but it's promising a lot more in the pipeline, and and uh, we don't have any of those things yet. Okay, so this is an interesting question. So in the past, when a new G has come along, um, operators have focused on selling it to business customers. But this time it doesn't seem to be the case. It seems that they're pushing it straight out to consumer. Is, is that the case or are they focusing very much on business the same as last no, time? No, this time they're focusing on everyone. Mm. Uh, if you can focus on everyone, I suppose <laughs> that's the opposite of focusing. It, it's, yeah. it, 5G mm. is being marketed both to consumers and, and to businesses. And, and mm. again, one of the big differences between 5G and 4G, and the reason for that is that uh, we're seeing smartphones from day mm. one. Yeah. So in, in Europe... Um, with 4G, it took up to two years from the first appearance of, of network services before we started to see smartphones mm. that were compatible with those networks. So um, mostly for, for the first year or two of 4G, it was mostly used to connect PCs mm. you know, with dongles or, or, or with, with Wi-Fi routers. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember getting myself a 4G dongle. So you know, those things tend to be used by business people yeah. because most consumers don't carry laptops around with them. Mm. Um, What's happened this time with 5G's industries worked hard to make sure that smartphones are available from day one of 5G. And the operators are spending a lot of money on these networks, so they need to recoup some of that investment quickly. And they can't afford just to target it at a particular target customer segment. They, they need to target it at everybody. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's being marketed as a consumer service much more heavily than was the case with, with the earlier 3G and 4G. So you think they've learned a lesson then from the last time? I think the industry's learned a lesson, as I said, in, in, in the sense that it made sure that the standardization process um, was designed to bring smartphones to market at the same time as the network services. So we're hearing a lot about operators seeing 5G as an enterprise service opportunity, but you're saying 5G kind of appeals to everyone, or they're trying to angle it towards everybody. So are the operators kind of wrong there, or, you know, what do you think? Well, no, they're not wrong, mm. um, but... It's not going to happen right now because 5G is, is more complicated as a standard. It's been split into two phases. Mm. Uh, and the first phase is called non-standalone or NSA. And the second phase is called SA, standalone. And mm-hmm. don't need to go into detail about what those two things mean mm. from a technical standpoint. But what they mean from the service standpoint is NSA, which is what we've got now, only delivers a faster mobile connection called enhanced mobile broadband, which mm-hmm. you say only, it's, it's significant if you're interested in a faster connection. Yeah. But from the point of view of marketing the service, it's just what you're selling today, but better. So it's really just enabling operators to carry on growing the business that they're already in. Mm. You know, it's growing the, the same revenue streams that they're already getting. When SA comes along, the second phase of the standard, Mm. that will support some new capabilities, so very low latency, for example, which means the network becomes a lot more responsive. You do something, it happens straight away. Um, Much higher connection density, so you can get lots more devices connected to a given cell site than you can today. So IoT is an obvious area, Internet Mm. of Things is an obvious area where that would be an advantage. But mostly in business so you know low latency lets you do things like command and control of say, construction site equipment or, or factory equipment or mining equipment things like that mm. 
as I said, denser connectivity is really for Internet of Things deployments, things like um, smart street lighting, mm -hmm. road management, traffic management, those types of applications. So the new services mm -hmm. and the new revenue, all those opportunities, or the vast majority at any rate of those opportunities are in the enterprise market. Mm -hmm. And that's why operators, although they are targeting 5G at consumers now because they want to, uh, to widen the net as much as possible, mm -hmm. Where they see the really new revenue opportunities coming is mostly in the enterprise market. And that's why they're focusing so hard on, on business. I see. So the reason they're focusing on everyone at the moment then, you could say, is because the consumers are most likely to be interested in that first phase, which exactly. is the high speed. But then the second phase is where it's going to be, as you say, far more interesting for Yeah, enterprise. I mean, there are a few potential consumer applications where some of those more advanced capabilities could be useful. So you think, for example, of... of uh, connected VR, real-time VR. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you move your head, you, you, you want the, the scene to move straight away, otherwise mm -hmm. you get motion sickness. So, so right now, mobile networks don't have enough, or have rather too much latency for that to happen. So that the ultra-low latency might benefit that type of consumer application. But there are not many applications, really, in the consumer market where those advanced capabilities are important. Most of the applications are in the enterprise market, and in particular, some target verticals mm. that, the, that the operators are, are getting very interested in, like manufacturing, healthcare, mm. uh, automotive, for example. Absolutely. I'd love to hear more about that, actually. And so you mentioned three there. Do you think there's going to be any others that they're going to be kind of targeting? Well, it varies from operator to operator. But yeah, mm -hmm. we, we see the industry converging around uh, a, a group. Uh, uh, those three I mentioned are, are in the group. Um, energy and utilities is, mm -hmm. is another one that, that uh, has got a lot of um, potential. Public sector, actually. We, mm -hmm. And we were surprised at first. We, we did some research among operators about this uh, last year. Uh, about you know which um, which verticals they see as the big ones, and public sector came top, and and that surprised us at first. But when we thought about it a bit more, it made sense because public sector is really about smart cities, you know, municipalities, mm -hmm. uh, that that sort of area, and and though that's not a single application, you know, that's that's a set of applications. So you know, it's smart parking, it's smart street lighting, smart waste management, road and traffic management. Individually, those things can probably be done on today's networks, most of them anyway, mm. it's when they, when they all coexist, as they would, of course, because they're in the same city, then you start to get to the limits of what 4G can do in mm. terms of the, the, the dense connectivity at the edge of the network. Mm. Um, so, yeah, public sector, because of the variety of applications and, and, and the sheer number of connected endpoints they're involved, is also emerging uh, as an important one. Logistics mm. is, is another sector. That, fleet uh, management. Fleet management, exactly. uh, warehouse management, those, mm. those sorts of activities. Again, uh, something that um, the, the advanced capabilities of 5G can, can bring great benefit to. So yeah, we're seeing operators interested in that one too. Okay, so what is it about 5G that gives such strong potential for these industries? Is there, what characteristics are there? Well, let, let's take manufacturing as an mm. example, because it's simply because it's, it's the one that I've covered most recently, so it's mm. freshest in my mind. But it, it, it's typical of these target verticals in the sense that it involves a set of opportunities, not, mm -hmm. not just a single application of 5G, but, but rather a, a, a number of groups of applications, all of which can benefit in different ways from 5G. So manufacturing already, um, manufacturing companies are interested in using cellular network technology in their own networks. And the reason for that is that at the moment, 
it's, it's mostly either wired or it's Wi-Fi. And wired networks have a lot of bandwidth, a lot of throughput, uh, but they're not very flexible. Um, Wi-Fi is flexible, but you can only connect a few devices to an access point, mm. uh, you know, typically 30 or 40 to an access point, which is fine for computers or, or smartphones, but it's no good you know, for a factory floor where you, you're hoping to instrument every single panel on, on the production line. Mm. So a lot of manufacturing companies are already looking to use 4G technology as a private networking technology. In other words, constructing their own private network, mm. but using that public network technology, 4G. Okay. It's called private LTE is, is, is what it tends to be referred to. And, and we, mm. we've seen quite a, quite a lot of uptake of, of that already. Now, firstly, we can see 5G as, a, as an evolution of that into higher bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so if it, if, particularly in Germany, for example, uh, where is where, which is where a lot of the European manufacturing sector is located, about 30% of the sectors in, in Germany. The regulator there started to license some 5G spectrum, not to operators, but to private manufacturing companies. Mm. So they can have their own segregated spectrum that nobody else can access uh-huh. to deploy a 5G network on their site. Mm. Volkswagen, for example, is already planning to connect about 120 factories in Germany with 5G networks on their own private spectrum. So it's taking that private LTE idea, mm. which is already uh, happening today, and extending it both into the 5G world from the technology point of view, but also from the point of view of using private license spectrum, which is really something new mm. as a concept. Then another area in manufacturing is what's called worker augmentation, which sounds a bit sinister, a bit sort of <laughs> cyberman for anybody who's into mm. Doctor Who. Uh, but really it's about providing workers with new capabilities to help them do their jobs better. So you think, for example, of a maintenance engineer working on a piece of kit. Mm. If they've got an AR um, glasses set, um, you know, they can look at the, the thing that they're trying to fix and then in real time have on their AR glasses flash up information about that particular piece of kit and instructions on, on how to go about fixing it. Um, there's another thing that I love in, in worker augmentation. They're called cobots, uh, <laughs> little robots that work with workers, mm. uh, human workers yeah. in the factory to do mm. specific tasks to, to, to make it easier or, or less repetitive. Yeah, so it's kind of like Amazon have those robots in their warehouses. Yeah, exactly. But they're mostly fixed in, in fixed locations. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they're not, they, they, you can't have very many of them because the Wi-Fi access points can't, can't connect them up. With 5G, you can have those cobots mm-hmm. mobile um, and, and moving wherever you need them in the factory mm-hmm. because the, the whole factory is pervasively covered with, with the connectivity. I love the stuff. We could talk about this all day, John. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's just one example of, of, of a, a sector that uh, is being targeted mm. by operators with 5G. But there are a lot of new service opportunities in there. And also, in some cases, of course, those opportunities are part of a bigger solution. You know, you're not, you're not just going to buy a, a connection for, for, a, for a, a, a factory setup. You know, you, you're going to buy a new production line. Now, people don't go to mobile operators to buy a new production line. Mm. So operators are now forming partnerships with the companies that do produce things like new production lines. So that, you know, those whole solutions bring in 5G connectivity as part of the bigger picture. And so the operators are you know, involved as a supplier to the bigger picture of, of, of the solution that gets put in place. So, John, that's interesting. Do you have any particular reports with relation to what you've just been talking about there? Yeah, well, because the operators 
we know from our research, have been so interested in, in targeting particular verticals of 5G. I've been doing a, a series of quarterly short reports, 10 to 15 pages long, mm. uh, which are focusing on some of those target verticals. So I, I did, at the end of last year, I published uh, 5G in automotive, uh, mm-hmm. looking at applications in that sector. Uh, in the spring, we did 5G in energy, uh, looking at energy, both from the extraction point of view and from the distribution point of view, so look at the applications of five G in, in in that parts of this in those parts of the sector. As I mentioned earlier, I've just published one looking at the manufacturing sector, mm-hmm. and in the pipeline for for the summer, working with a colleague of mine on on uh, energy on healthcare insights to to look at five G in healthcare, and then because operators turned out to be so interested in it, we we added the fifth report to the series. Uh, 5G in the public sector, mm. uh, and that that'll be coming out in the fourth quarter of this year. So yeah, you know these these are kind of primers, uh, looking at uh, the potential for 5G in those uh, in those verticals, and also looking at some of the things that are actually being carried out uh, to 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 explore those opportunities. Some cases even to fulfil them. Some of this is already happening, mm. um, and and then of course you know IDC uh, has a whole research operation called Insights, which is specifically looking at um, the application of IT and communications in, in those particular verticals. So, you know, those Insights teams will also be taking hold of 5G as, as a topic for discussion in their own areas too. Brilliant. Well, we'll put a link to that in the show notes below. So click the link if you'd like to hear more. Uh, but I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today. So uh, please do get in touch. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments on 5G in the future and whether you think it's worth going down and picking up a new handset now or whether you're going to wait. We'd love to hear your feedback and your thoughts on that. Uh, look us up. We're on YouTube, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter, IDC and Mia. Search for us under that and uh, get involved. And uh, subscribe to the Tech Talk podcast. We'd love to have you. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you want to find your podcast. We're always there. Thank you all very much. And thank you, John. See you next time. Pleasure as always. Cheers, Mark. Cheers.